one cold one left. You need to train the cats to bring you things like beer <laughs> to and bring food. You <laughs> All I have to do is tell them they can't touch it, and then they want it. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring me that beer. <laughs> and they just show up at your side with like a little like a butler tray with the bottle on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a cat butt on the screen. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to get the cat ass away if we're gonna be able to focus on uh delivering our very important nerdy news and shit. <laughs> All right, no more cat butt on uh on camera. <laughs> Just a jackass. <laughs> uh. Either way there's an ass involved. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So how you doing, Tony? Doing good, sir. Doing good. Better now that my weekend has begun. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to. I just like inhaled some late night. Well, not late. It's like 9.30 now, but like an extra cup of coffee to try and keep up the energy because (laughs) all I do is fucking work all day. (laughs) But uh, but I got my beer. Got a bunch of random news shit. Got Meg here knitting. Very, it's very exciting in the apartment this evening. In the nice. house. <laughs> well, I Guinness, I see. <laughs> well, yeah, she was playing Skyrim. Actually, we are interrupting her precious Skyrim time. How dare we? I know. I mean, Skyrim interrupts her Skyrim time enough as it is. She oh. actually, she actually today <laughs> she clocked. It takes about forty-five seconds every single loading screen. Doesn't matter if she's just going inside a house or into like a new area or something. It's 45 seconds at least. Yep, that's the PS4 loading times for you. Well, yeah. this is PS3. So PS3. This is the oh, original, this is PS3? OG Skyrim release. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. She was just telling me like 10 minutes ago that uh, was showing me that she's been trying to clear out all of her miscellaneous side quests just because the list was getting a mile long. And there's like at least two or three of them that are just stuck there forever because of bugs. Even though she's completed the tasks, they're just sitting there annoying her, mocking her because they won't clear. <laughs> uh, Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, but whatever. Hmm. And PS3 doesn't have the mod capabilities, right? You can't uh, like uh, you can't install the unofficial patch for it. I don't think so. No, I think that's all. I wouldn't know how to do that on. on ps3 that's only on pc version right uh xbox and ps4 you can do mods oh, okay i even looked at it because we have like a just a regular standard edition copy a disc copy i looked on the psn network or i guess that's like saying atm machine the <laughs> <laughs> playstation network uh for the uh for just to buy the dlc separately you can't even buy the dlc separately it's either you have the standard edition like an ancient copy on disc or you have a game you buy a game of the year edition yeah the the older versions kind of got uh eliminated basically so yeah. whatever it's, it's enough skyrim for us <laughs> anyway what the hell have you been playing uh Pretty much uh, the new expansion of WoW that came out. Uh, I don't know if you were recording when we talked about this earlier, but we have uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands is out now. Um, I've been playing a Warhammer game. Um, the franchise is Total War, so 
It's uh, by Sega. They, 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 it's probably one of my, outside of World of Warcraft and maybe Dota, it's probably my top three franchise played time. Um, they, they, they used to do just like medieval. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever watched the History Channel back when they actually showed history on it. <laughs> but, not ancient uh, aliens and shit? Not, not ancient aliens and pawn stars back when they, it was the Hitler Channel and occasionally older history. Uh, but <laughs> back in the day, one of the, the, they actually used one of their older games on the History Channel to show sort of like troop movements and what massive battles would look like. Um, if, if you remember the, the, the battle scene in the opening of uh, Lord of the Rings where all the, the different armies of the elves and men were just like charging mortar. That's kind of what the yeah. game looks like. You just have these massive armies and they just clash head on, fight each other type thing. That's cool. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully I'll be playing Cyberpunk in a couple of days. I want it so bad. But I would have to actually buy a new desktop to to play that. Do it. Or, or get the P it's it's coming out cross platform, right? Because we're right in that yeah. next gen area there, the crossover area right now. So PS4, yes. PS5, and if Xbox. you if you buy the PS4 version, I believe they did say you will get the PS5 version for free, in case you decide you want a PS5. And replay it well we do yeah. want a ps5 but can we afford a ps5 uh we could if we wanted to <laughs> we <really laughs> don't need to spend to the money right, right now you <laughs> have a stack of games already that's why i wanted to ask you how bad did you fall down the rabbit hole on all those well all the sales have been going since thanksgiving and beyond and black friday um, sales and cyber monday sales not very uh i picked Your up Steam like... library hasn't doubled once again <laughs> Well, my Steam library is already obnoxiously large. Uh, I think I looked at it at one time. There was a there's a website that calculates uh, the current retail value of your Steam library, <laughs> and I think I was in the like 2400 range or something like that. <laughs> and that doesn't even count like in-game purchases. It doesn't count. Mm -hmm. uh, if you would have bought it at a higher price, say I bought the game at 40 bucks, but now it's on sale for 10 bucks now or something like that because it's a eight year old game. And then uh, I think I only picked up like four or five games on Steam, some medieval survival game, uh, a Cold War like submarine game. And then on the PS4, I picked up the Final Fantasy remake. That one's gonna be that one's gonna be pretty interesting. The Final Fantasy remake. I, I started playing it a little bit, but uh, they changed the combat. It's no longer really turn-based. It's sort of like actiony RPG I where you, yeah, you, you're like hack and slashing like kind Zelda. of. And then what was that? Like Zelda. Kind of, but uh, yeah, and then you you can you can use abilities. Uh, you you pause time for like a brief bit while you select what abilities you want to use mm -hmm. and then it'll use the the special ability and then you'll go back to hacking and slashing for 10 seconds while you build up more mana to use another special ability hmm. yeah I, I mean i never played the old ones so i wouldn't know but i mean i am familiar with the old turn-based rpgs you never played the 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 PS1 era and the SNES one or SNES version like 
RPGs. That's uh, part of my where my geek cred is diminished. I have never played any of the Final Fantasies. I've never played any through any of them. The only one I started to play was eight on PC. And I was just too you, dumb. I didn't understand the magic system. And then I heard later that people said, oh, that's the bad one. Don't play that one. Yeah, you oh. literally picked up the worst one to play <laughs> right after the best one. The, the, the literal best Final Fantasy that was ever made was seven. Well, then, and, I, yeah, then I started hearing that, oh, they, well, a few years back, they did a remaster, right? Where they just up everything and kind of cleaned it up. And now they did the full remake. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. well, I'll just to play that so there's there's two different so there's there's the the remaster like you said and it it's i mean if you can really call it a remaster it still it looks dated as shit yeah i i couldn't play it still playable dated or like not even playable dated uh not even playable dated like the graphics like you can definitely tell it was a ps1 game yeah even even on the upgraded uh the remaster now the remake i mean it's it tells the same story and all, all the the it looks really good but the gameplay is completely different it's not the turn-based strategy that you're that you that people from that era know and love yeah. it's still fun and you'll still get the entire story um the only I, uh, sorry go ahead I just don't think it's uh, the gameplay is as, as fun as it would have been if they would have like really went in depth and made it turn base. Yeah. The the only experience I, I had with the actual like old school turn based um, RPGs was on SNES, the Mar- Super Mario RPG, which, you know, mimics it's, that whole style. And I played it's the same thing. It yeah. would have been the same thing. Yeah, I just, for some reason, that one, like, captured me. I, I never knew, like, what to, uh, I you know, would see friends play in passing the Final Fantasy games, and I was like, oh, okay, I mean, like, it looks interesting, I guess, looks kind of animation. and I just, I, it just passed me by, and I never bothered to take a chance on it, but of course, I love Mario games, and I played the fuck out of Mario RPG. To this day, I replay Mario RPG maybe every five years, like, yeah. I just have to do a full run through. Um, I mean, that, like, Super Metroid... There's a few of those that I'll probably be playing forever. Ocarina of Time. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, a couple of months ago, there was the, this. I guess this is one of the big anniversary. This year was one of the big anniversaries for Mario, so a bunch of new Mario games came out, and a bunch of well, not new, but they remastered a bunch of the stuff for the Switch and brought out a bunch of stuff. But recently, like the last month or so, there was a tweet or two from Square Enix at Nintendo. And that got people all hyped for a possible uh, uh, Super Mario RPG, either remaster or sequel or something. That'd be fun. Because I thought, I the, thought rights, the... Oh, sorry. the rights are really complicated with that game. That's why it's never been really released, re-released before. Mm-hmm. Um, Square Enix owns the game and the rights to the, the, the any sequels or anything like that. Though Nintendo owns all of the characters and images and everything, but Square Enix doesn't really work with Nintendo. They don't work. They work almost exclusively with Sony. Right. So I, that's why a sequel or a remaster was never really on the table. Okay. I never played any of them, but I thought the Paper Mario series 
were supposedly sequels to the Mario RPG game? Mm, no, not really. They're their own little thing. Oh, okay. I mix that up. I did finally grab on sale. Uh, I got the last Tomb Raider, uh, Shadow Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I believe it is. Got mega copy of Fallout Four, Doom. Uh, what's the? I don't remember the name of the Eternal. Doom Eternal. Thank you. Yeah, and I actually picked up because it was literally like a dollar for Classic Doom because I had the itch to go back and play the classic ones. <laughs> pick up god of war for me god of war yeah uh, meg just oh. recently went through we only have god of war one and two the remasters on ps3 and so meg played finished two the other day and we started looking through the series like okay which ones are we missing and so i grabbed god of war three remastered on the ps i forget if it's on three or four i think it's on four and uh and then the latest one which is just called god of war which I heard, it wasn't that game of the year. It was, I had so many friends talking about how fucking amazing it was. In fact, one of my friends, Tiffany, cosplayed as one of the characters in it. I think it was the son. Boy. Oh, really? Boy. <laughs> and then I think Tony also picked me up Stardew Valley as well. Yeah. <laughs> have you started, have you started playing that yet? No, because I've been so consumed with Skyrim. I really can't play more than one game at a time. Okay. Um, unless it's like a console game, you know, regardless of what it is, and then maybe a handheld game that I'm playing at school or something. Oh, did you did you pick up Stardew on PS3 or did you pick it up on the PC? PS4. Oh, PS4. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I wonder if Last we can crossplay. Last of Us Two. Finally, grab that. Um, I wonder if there's crossplay between the versions because I'll totally play Stardew Valley with you if we oh, can crossplay. Well, I have it on, I think I have it on three different flat platforms at the moment, but I don't have it on the PlayStation. <laughs> Take it your I mean, it, it's a cheap game. It's only like, you can usually pick it up on five, five or 10 bucks on sale. But I, I've spent so many hours in that because for a long time I was using Stardew Valley as my turn off the mind game mm -hmm. right before I go to bed. Yeah. Gotcha. It's very much a no rush no hurry no like there's no stakes involved there's nothing well i mean you could screw up and let your plants die but that's that's <laughs> that's, that's the biggest the biggest thing that, that would happen to you that's cool it's, it's, it's very casual and calming and relaxing mindless tasks that's all it is yeah, it's exactly. just mindless when i was when i was a kid um my parents when my dad died, my mom stopped buying us consoles after the SNES and the Sega Genesis. And then I was dating a girl at the time who had a PS2 and she had um, Harvest Moon for the PS2. And I was so obsessed <laughs> with that game that like I begged my mom for a PS2 for Christmas that year. Mm. And she got me the PS2 and Harvest Moon and the Mortal Kombat that came out at the time because there was a storyline that went with it, which I was also insanely obsessed with. And Annihilation, I think. I'm oh, not, I, I don't even remember. Yeah. But I really got into the Harvest Moon series and picked up the next few games that had come out for it. But I really liked that mindlessness or the taking care of the farm with the small little storyline where you build little relationships with, you know, the people in town and whatnot. That's, but, hmm. 
That's exactly yeah. the same game. The, exactly, the creator, which is why I will love Stardew Valley. <laughs> yeah, the creator said he wanted to do uh, a literal homage to it. It's it's pretty much exactly that. Like mm -hmm. just what you described. You take <laughs> care of your farm. You have a few farm animals. And the storyline is very minimal. You just build relations with the townsfolk. You can marry one of the townsfolk. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's yeah. all you do. Is there like a catch-all genre or term uh, for like the gaming community for that type of game? Because I know like a, a lot of the ones that I enjoy, like the cheap ones you see on Steam and what have you, uh, like met, they call them Metroidvanias, where essentially it's like any kind of like exploratory, like very solitary single player one like that, where you just explore a planet or a castle, fight some monsters, have to backtrack for upgrades and unlock new areas it's always like a cross between castlevania and metroid is there one for like i think it's just harvest sim. <laughs> harvest sim i think harvest is, is what the, what it's called is right. the genre all right i never i had one of the original sims like the sims games in like early 2000s on pc and i played it for a little while but i just I don't know. For me, I'm just the type of gamer, I guess. Like, I need a very specific plot or, like, a very... I, I look at them like movies. Like, a, there's a start, there's a beginning, middle, end. If there isn't, then I get kind of bored after a while. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the thing about sim games is the stories are the stories that you make. You are... It's, it's like Dungeons & Dragons. You're the, the, you're the storyteller. You're the GM. Yeah. You, dis, you decide the narrative. So, for example, like if, if you're talking about The Sims, you have your group of Sims, say, you can have one Sim and it's a very bachelor life. It's very easy to play. You do whatever the fuck you want. And then you've finished, you, you, you get tired of that one and then you decide, okay, let me up the chaos factor a little bit and let me put in five Sims all in one house. And now suddenly one sim is lighting a fire in the kitchen because it doesn't know how to cook another one's electrocuting himself at the tv because he's trying to fix the tv the other one's jogging himself to death because you walled up the uh the uh treadmill and he can't get off the treadmill so you're just playing god you're creating and destroying life just just for the sake of watching the world burn <laughs> exactly yes exactly that that's sounds like your mo. Your uh, your lullabies being disaster movies and all. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, uh, we we had discussions as I was you know throwing my credit card at the computer with all these games. We talked and we were very close to grabbing a switch finally, but we we decided. There, there was a big deal on Black Friday deals, and I mean, they sold out like that anyway, so it didn't matter. But the uh, the Mario Kart bundle, um, it was like three hundred for like console and Mario Kart, and three months of Nintendo Online or whatever. Uh, but we already have, if I if I'm correct, that Mario Kart Eight, that's the exact same one they put out for the Wii U. Yeah, like, that's still thing. several years old. We already have that on the Wii U, so it's like, well, we don't care about rebuying that. So if they came out with some sort of holiday bundle with animal crossing then we'd probably or pull Hyrule warriors yeah then we'd probably pull the trigger but we haven't seen anything like that yet i'm just surprised you didn't pick it up for all the the mario remakes and remasters that were coming out this year well it was sold out for the entire year most of the year i mean i did once 
the we pandemic were so hit. close to buying one. Uh, yeah, when quarantine hit in the first few months, and like everybody, like I was, you know, I have my uh, Slack chat with my author buddies across the country, and they were balls deep in Animal Crossing. <laughs> What's your code? What's your code? What's your code? And I started to feel left out. I'm like, well, fuck. All right. Well, I guess this is the thing to do in quarantine. Might as well make the excuse to pull the trigger. Uh, but it was fucking sold out everywhere. So I signed up for all of those alert websites where it's like stock uh, alerts, uh, restocking alerts. So they would email me or text me the second uh, new stock came in. And those didn't even start coming in until uh, like maybe mid-summer or something. They were able to start pushing more out to stores. And even then it was like, oh, Target through you know a few more units into you know their online shops overnight like at 12 or like 1 2 a.m and they would be gone like that because the fucking scalpers buy them all up and resell them on ebay or some shit so so after a while i I stopped yeah all the consoles were coming from china and the container ships were just sitting in the ports Mm -hmm. for for months and they couldn't get them in well, even the, the the factories had to shut down because of covid and so the uh, parts the, the the actual hardware um you know the 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 factories that made the actual controllers and the console uh, like the outer casing and everything they were shut down for weeks or months so that caused a whole whole backlog in production so well there was a point where the one of the game stops around us finally got one in and so it was really that moment of do I run and go grab it real quick or do we really need this right now? (laughs) And so it was literally like a five minute decision that we decided to pass on it. And we kind of stopped looking for it after that. Yeah. There was a time or two where I actually had it in my cart on the GameStop website. And then by the time I tried to process the payment or go to the next page, it was gone. Damn. I was like, yeah, right. After a while, it started becoming so frustrating. I was like, this is stupid. Like, I have a stack of games at home. It's just a year telling you, you're not going to play it. You're not going to use it anyway. Just just stop. Yeah. yeah. Well, now everybody's kind of cooled down on the Animal Crossing crazy. You know, I, I see a few friends that still play it on occasion, but not nearly as much as before. Yeah, it's it's not the the hot thing anymore. The hot thing of the last uh, couple of months has been a game called Among Us. That's uh, heard that. I've heard about that. I thought that was PC. Um, it's it's consoles and PC. It's a little indie game. Um, what it is is, uh, have you ever played Mafia as a party game? No, I have not. Okay, so uh, have you have you played Town of Salem? Nope. <laughs> Okay, so th- these are like party games. These are um, games you would play in a large group of people in person. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is, but they what they've done is they've taken it and made it a computer game. What it is is you have ten players in a lobby, and in uh, your eight out of the ten players are crew members, and they're responsible for going around doing tasks mm-hmm. and fixing the ship and and essentially the daily life of crewmates for for a couple of turns and then out of every eight p or out of every 10 people there's two imposters these are monsters that are decided that that have decided to kill everybody Mm -hmm. and every uh, every turn is about between a minute to two minutes that the townspeople are doing tasks 
the imposters are trying to kill the townspeople while not being seen or figured out. Mm. So it's basically a social deduction game. Um, once, uh, once the, the turn is over either by somebody deciding to call a meeting or somebody finding a body, catching a killer in the act, whatever. Um, the, the town comes together and everybody talks about it and says, Hey, this is what I did. This is what I saw. And as you're talking to each other, you have to figure out who the imposter is and you accuse the imposter uh, and like you can kill the imposter or like it's, it's all about, social interactions and do you believe this person's lying do you believe this person says he did what he said he did did somebody eyewitness the the event and do you believe them that kind of thing yeah i've seen friends post about it here and there and reference it on ig um i actually saw on twitter uh maybe a week or so back aoc uh alexandria ocasio-cortez she uh on a whim i guess partnered with some Twitch streamer, I'm not familiar with them, but uh, uh, partnered with them and uh, spent a, a night, a few hours doing a fundraiser on there, just playing Among Us, learning how to play the game and going through it and uh, just accepting donations on the Twitch stream, I believe it was, and racked up 200K mm-hmm. in just a few short hours. 200K, which gets directly donated to i think it was like six different organizations going straight towards covid relief for small businesses for uh for the majority uh, of it went to food banks food banks yeah food banks for covid relief yeah it's just she's she's actually played it twice on stream now uh the first time uh she did it with uh, ilan omar which is another one of uh, the Cong- or the the house members that she it's part of her like squad yeah, the, the squad uh, and then this I time love it because it just feels so like like 70 like mod squad or something <laughs> <The> <laughs> squad. Yeah. and then this time she did it with a uh, I don't re- I don't remember the exact term that they use in Canada but like a congress member uh, from Canada that's also part of the the Canadian Socialist Party like a parliament so like yeah. yeah parliament yeah. yeah so ministry of silly hats yeah. yes silly exactly. silly hats. I mean, whatever and then yeah and then, and then it was just a bunch of other random streamers uh so good times that's awesome well i guess it kind of flows into uh movie news if you wanted to kick that off yeah. uh well first big news yeah. today we got some big stuff uh well, actually, let me let me start from the top of my list because I have some, we have some business from our previous podcast that I have to acknowledge. When, when we were talking with Melly uh, last, well, not last week, two weeks ago, last podcast episode, at some point in the conversation, we mentioned some adult drive-ins that exist in the country somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't remember where the hell they were. Somewhere, some magical place in Texas. And I tracked them down. <laughs> so if you're ever in Texas and you're in need of a triple X drive-in, <laughs> uh, the app, the Apache drive-in theater, legendary Apache drive-in theater is in, I believe the town is Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. To this day, exclusively playing skin flicks <laughs> off, uh, of high, off of highway 31. <laughs> wow. Um, the other one, 
the uh, oh that was the apache the other one was the fiesta drive-in <laughs> uh, yeah the fiesta drive-in uh, which is actually uh, the north end of el paso uh that one i was able to confirm is still in operation there was uh, just an article recently on the as of uh, august uh, somebody who went there that one is huge actually it, it's uh it's yeah <laughs> uh that, that one uh, the lot apparently holds over 400 vehicles <laughs> jesus <laughs> And they have people just jerking off in their cars to and they've got <laughs> and they've got a little well I don't know if it's open now during COVID but they have you know a little concession stand and a little a, adult <laughs> shop and everything oh they've got a little adult shop and uh, I think they said even like a few little private screening booths in there but so if you are in the great state of Texas and uh, you're in the need of uh, having a fun night out uh and safely in your car then uh, either the fiesta drive-in or well the fiesta is still open not sure about the apache i couldn't find any updates on them the last facebook post was from april uh where they were first closing down due to the shelter in place orders but who knows anyway business that needed attending to from last uh the last episode also December 1st, we had an anniversary. Thanks to my Facebook memories, I realized uh, that was eight years to the day that we recorded our first Getting Off Topic episode. Good Lord, is it? Has it been eight years already? It was December 1st, 2012. 20 freaking 12. We pressed record in the the Lindbrook Bowling Alley. (laughs) Lindbrook Bowling Alley bar. (laughs) (laughs) Damn in the bar it was like the outside portion of the bar with the high counter yeah yeah. the other side where you could order drinks yeah it was the outer bar because the inner bar wasn't open yet they didn't open that early in the morning because we were drinking at like 9 a.m i believe they started drinks at 10 a.m yeah 10 a.m in the bowling alley bar on a sunday (laughs) drinking (laughs) miller's (laughs) uh it is insane that it's been dude that's that's eight years in orange county that's, yeah you guys yeah. have been out of san diego for that long it feels weird you've spent more of your adult life in orange county than you have in san diego mm-hmm. yeah yeah i guess you could say that maybe it's half z's right now yeah yeah no eight uh whatever i'm not gonna fucking do math right now (laughs) (laughs) i was younger and probably still feeling old at that time (laughs) that's nuts um but uh as the state of the film industry is all a frizzle frazzle we had some major news this week with warner brothers officially announcing that their entire 2021 film slate is going to premiere both on HBO Max and in theaters, to which uh, Hollywood is essentially, or actually the theater industry is shitting a brick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody's freaking out saying, oh, this is the death knell of the theater industry and we're all fucked and blah, 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 blah. Uh, to be fair, the uh, it does have like, I would say probably three or four of the biggest releases of this year that are on this list well um wonder woman was already announced uh coming i don't think it's christmas day i think it's a few days before christmas something like that but as of 2021 they have i mean freaking dune 
Matrix so Four. They... Here's the list in release order. It's gonna, okay. if my cat will get off my keyboard. <clears throat> Sorry. So first up is Mortal Kombat coming in uh, January. Shit, I that's that's happening. That's interesting because we haven't seen even a single still photo from this film yet. Yeah, you like would they, think that would be more on the the nerd radar. They have not released anything, any promo material about this yet. Huh. So we have that coming in January. That's the first one up. Uh, the Little Things, which is a Denzel and uh, Rami Malek movie with Jared Leto. I have no idea what it is. Hmm. Uh, we have Tom and Jerry with Chloe Gar uh, Grace Moretz and Michael Pena. Oh, dear. That, that ought to be interesting. Uh, yeah. Interestingly uninteresting. Yeah, pass. <laughs> but, it's Michael Pena. Come on. Yeah, but it's just gonna be little CG shenanigans. Yeah. 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 All right. Carry the, on. The Many Saints of Newark, a gangster film with uh, Michael Gandolfini, Ray Liotta, and John Bernthal. Hmm. So that should be interesting. That's in March. Reminisce, uh, reminiscence with Hugh Jackman. Hmm. Uh, that's in April. Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, shit. I've been waiting for that one. Don't know yeah. uh, if there's going to be much publicity around it because the last uh, last one kind of flopped. Yeah, I, I still have never even seen that last Godzilla. Uh, I didn't remember. What the hell was it? It was like Godzilla King of Monsters or something? Yeah, Godzilla yeah. King of Monsters. I, I, I don't understand how they're going to go to Godzilla versus Kong after that last movie. So that last movie was insane in terms of monster power creep. Mm -hmm. um, like all of the monsters that were, that were dealing with in the, in the last one were like world ending monsters. And then now suddenly you're going back to Kong. Yeah. I remember Kong... seeing, I only saw bits of it in the break room at work, like on one of my lunch breaks. And it's like, Oh, okay. This looks like, you know, it's a lot of pretty CG. Like, I don't know how the, the story, how entertaining it is, but it's essentially it's like, okay. okay, this looks like two to two and a half hours of just the world exploding. Yeah. And now you're going to go, well, just Godzilla, you know, you know, have a super punch out with the, the big ape. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to, that's, that's what's happening. It's like, Wait, you have this. Was the last one, the one with uh, the girl from. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Right. Yeah, okay, Millie Bobby yeah. Brown. Yeah, yeah. It looks kind of dumb. Yeah, there was it a Godzilla was... one. I don't remember what the year of the first one was. And a few years later, we got Kong Skull Island, which was fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, so and and then this last Godzilla King of Monsters, which I don't know. I, I can't form an opinion on it. It was it was okay. It was good if all you wanted was popcorn disaster fun. All right. But I think that would have been better if it would have come out after this movie, because I think the power creep in the last movie, Godzilla, especially after watching Godzilla or Kong when it came out and seeing he, okay, so he's just a big ape. He's a strong, huge, giant ape. Mm -hmm. Okay, whatever. And then if you go Godzilla versus Kong and then you go Godzilla King of Monsters, that makes more sense. But I don't know. It's like going well, from uh, Infinity War to like ant-man or something <laughs> the, yeah exactly the, some random uh you know iron man 2 villain or something <laughs> yeah exactly that's, right. that's exactly it i mean not shitting on kong but if you have yeah king of monsters movie where it's like the big battle royale 
and then just the little one-on-one. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. After that, we have The Conjuring. Uh, the Devil Made Me Do It. I have no idea how many conjurings that makes now. The but Conjuring there's... 45. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, the Heights. I have no idea what that is. Uh, mm-hmm. Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> it's actually happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually happened. It's already done filming with uh, LeBron James, Don Cheadle, Sonequa Martin-Green, and Seer Wright. I'll take so, it. I'll take it. I, I, I miss me some Looney Tunes. I, actually, yeah. they have some new Looney Tunes cartoons, I believe, on HBO Max. I heard they were actually decent. And Animaniacs is uh, returned as well on Hulu, I think it is. And then we have, uh, after that, comes Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yes. Gigantic cast that it's got. I Fuck. love it. Yes. And the big one is Dune, and that's on October 1st. Yep. I am and- excited for it, but I'm trying not to get too hyped about Over-hyped it. Overhyped for it, yeah. To be Did honest. You- I think we talked about this before. Did you read the books? Or the book? I did not. No. no, I tried reading the first book, but it starts with so much political background trying to set up the world that I just got extremely confused. It and doesn't just start with that. It's like that almost book. half. Like I got, I I did the audiobook. Uh, I bought that on Audible like six months ago. And then uh, when I started playing, when Shadowlands came out, I started the first two days that I was playing Shadowlands. I had that going in the background. And I think I listened to probably 12 to 14 hours of it. That wasn't even halfway through the book. I think the audio book is like 40 or 50 hours. It's a gigantic Mm -hmm. book. And it was nonstop just political talk about this house and that house. And yeah, it's so dense that I just couldn't get into it. However, I loved the 90s miniseries that they did on TV. I mean, it's super outdated now and cheesy as all hell, but I love the story. I think it's a really cool story, but I just, I couldn't get into the book. Yeah, it was solid. Um, I've never seen the movie version with Sting. Uh, Just like bit, like clips on online and stuff. But yeah, we watched the whole, uh, it's like three or four hour miniseries. We have it on DVD. (laughs) Yeah, I think we still do. Yeah. yeah, I, I guess when it boils down to, if I remember right, I mean, we only watched it the one time. I only watched it the one time, but a lot of that heavy political drama, world building. But in the end, it all boils down to like your typical Star Wars, uh, you know, hero's journey, like blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You're the chosen one, the end. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And but then, uh, uh, Dennis, whoever his name is, uh, you know, it, it mastermind behind the uh, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine, so it's going to be pretty as fuck yeah. and probably pretty damn entertaining. So I'm in. Yeah. Then yeah. uh, we have up next is a music biopic from Tom Hanks for Elvis. Huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with anything, Tom Hanks. What's who's playing Elvis? Uh, I don't know. Cat, get off my keyboard. Even if it was just Tom Hanks, like I don't give a fuck. Like I would, I would watch the shit. Out of that. I mean, it could <laughs> be play older. him at all ages. I don't care. <laughs> like old Elvis. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, it stars play young Elvis, and then Tom Hanks can play old <laughs> <He's> Elvis. <laughs> Elvis through the eras. Like, what if Elvis didn't die on the shitter? And actually, he lived to be a gray old man. <laughs> Elvis lives. Well, wasn't that Bubba Hotep? Yeah, that's Bubba Hotep. That was the story behind. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. And uh, after that, we have uh, King Richard, which is uh, a Will Smith movie. I think it's about the father of the Serena, uh, Venus and Serena Williams. Oh, yeah. I think I heard about that one. Sports. And, one. Yeah. And we then, haven't uh, even gotten to uh, Matrix 4, right? That's the next one. That's the next big one on the list, starring Keanu, Carrie, and uh, Jada. So they're all back. Nice. I don't even remember what happened to Jada's character in the end. Uh, she lived? Yeah, she lived. Uh, she retreated back to uh, Zion and was part of the defense force uh, shooting all of the Sentinels that were coming in. I'm curious what how they're going to write uh, write back in Carrie and Keanu. And just, maybe they just exist as like digital souls in the machine or something or... Probably. I mean, that makes most sense for Keanu's character, at least. And he's powerful enough to recreate her or just pull her in, have like collect her body and put her mind in the Matrix. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it Keanu is. Sense. It doesn't. I mean, it, it doesn't, but Keanu is this all powerful being within the Matrix. So why no. not? By the way, we, uh, Meg and I finally watched Bill and Ted 3. How is it? I still haven't seen it yet. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it's just solid <laughs> fun. None of those movies make sense. It's, but we, we went back and rewatched the, the original two, uh, maybe a month or so back and finally just rented the, the latest one, but it's good. It's good family fun. Nice. Yeah, and they're them performing together are fucking fantastic. They're they're just they're a joy. It's a good it's a it's something that you didn't think would ever work and somehow it does and it's it's just some of those good hearted feels that you need in the year of COVID. So yeah, definitely right. <laughs> and how does Keanu look? Because I saw some stills with him shaved without his like John it's Wick so beard. Weird. Oh yeah, it's strange. <laughs> it takes a lot of getting used to. Although you well, I don't want to give anything away, but you see them in in very different appearances throughout the film. So, okay. yeah, I mean, time travel, you you know. Yeah, it's yeah. time travel. Yeah, timey wimey things. Oh, show. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just a couple of uh, meh releases after that. We have Judas and the Black Messiah. That one doesn't have a date. Malignant doesn't have a date, and Those Who Wish Me Dead does not have a date. Don't know what any of those are. Yeah, uh, I saw there was some. I can't find it now, but there was some quote from the Warner Brothers CEO. It was basically telling everybody to calm their tits. <laughs> that no, we're not destroying the the you know theater industry. Like we're just dealing with twenty twenty one here because of the pandemic. Like that's it. We're just planning for this year like we're not saying that we're pulling out of theaters forever like we're just taking it as it comes calm the hell down i don't think theaters will ever 
truly die though they might get a hit in terms of attendance hmm. but i mean there is an audience for people that want to see films on a big screen that you know especially superhero films are still extremely popular and those are meant to be seen on such a big screen yeah um, i i think uh i'm sorry go ahead no so i was just gonna say so i don't think theaters are gonna go completely obsolete um, it might be harder for the smaller movies that maybe weren't going to be box office hits. I think just like with any industry that ends up taking a hit because of, you know, changes in technology or, or you know, just the circumstance of the world. I mean, uh, Meg's been working bookstores for the last decade or so and, you know, was at Barnes & Noble and saw the fall of, uh, of Borders you know the big box mm-hmm. bookstores that you know that slowly crumbled and the Barnes and Noble business slowly Kindles. yeah Barnes and Noble desperately making moves to try to stay in business you know creating the Kindle and, and then Nook. going heavy into uh, yeah the Nook the their uh, like board games and toys sections and music and and CDs sections and stuff and DVD sections so, I mean, it's it, the movie theaters are not going to go the way of the dinosaur, but we'll definitely see a reshaping of that industry where they're making moves to stay afloat. And you'll probably see um, kind of like, you know, big chains getting you know, you know, smaller and more consolidated or uh, the rise of smaller little indie places. We're already seeing the rise of drive-ins and drive-ins are popping back up. And, uh, yeah. and just like AMC has been doing, uh, creating their like little exclusive experiences you know you've got the standard theaters and then you have like the dine-in ones that give you like oh here's a full bar and like some chicken wings and shit <laughs> and, and the extra soft reclining chairs and you know you'll probably just get more of that you know more buy into that experience to make it worthwhile for a consumer to actually pay and go out of their home to see something on the big screen yeah that's the experience that i think is going to become the norm in the next phase of of movie theaters because movie theaters as as they are right now are just like meat packing like you you put a big screen and you put as many seats in there as you possibly can i think that's going to go away and naturally they're going to take those out and they're going to start putting back in the the, the bigger chairs, the, the recliners, like I even saw some, uh, I think in Texas, uh, like they put in full in beds. <laughs> so there was like the, the, the sleep number, the, uh, the, the adjustable beds where you could lay flat or you could have the, the thing. Angled. Sleep number. <laughs> yeah. So many kids and not kids, but like teens oh, and young people are going to be having sex in those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. it's Paul Rubens all over again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a pioneer. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're like half and half now anyway. I mean, I guess depending on your area, but like all the AMC's around us, they they'll have the big ticket releases, like uh, you know, an Avengers movie or something on the extra big screens the imax or dolby screens or whatever dolby the, the extra big one yeah dolby atmos imaxes etc they'll have like maybe four of those in the main lobby and with the big reclining seats and the extra sound system and blah 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 maybe the food um you know the 
the uh, delivery. Food, food delivery coming into the whole dine-in theater experience. So they'll do that for a select number of the theaters. And then you go out to the, uh, the usual side lobbies and, and then you've got the, you know, the meatpacking ones, the old fashioned ones that are just the little cheapy chair and just cramming everybody in like it's an airplane, just getting as many bodies in there as possible. So right now it's about like half and half or maybe even like 60, 40 or something like that or 25, 75, whatever. And you'll just probably see that start to slowly overtake and that'll just be the standard theater from now on, that luxury experience. And maybe at a higher cost, but maybe it'll, that'll just be the way they're going to have to go about it. I don't know. Uh, an actual movie, movie news. Uh, here's one that actually bridges back to our video game conversation. This is what I was going to get into in the first place. And going back to the, the King Kong talk, because uh, the director of that, Jordan Vogt Roberts, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, the V-O-G-T dash Roberts, Jordan Vogt Roberts, whatever. He has been attached to direct, develop and direct a Metal Gear Solid movie at Sony, at Sony Pictures for... I don't know how many years now and you know every, occasionally he'll put out a tweet saying oh yeah we're still working on it guys we're you know everything's kind of in flux right now but we're trying and we, he's I mean I, I expressed my love multiple times of Kong Skull Island and so I totally trust this guy's vision and he's a massive Metal Gear fan so he's like we want to get it right and we're not going to um, you know we're not going to Hollywood it up we want it to be you know true to Metal Gear Solid, the video game. We want to keep it weird and out there and anime and fucked up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, finally, after this has actually been rumored for the last couple of years, Oscar Isaac has been announced to play Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. How the fuck does that man have any time? <laughs> <laughs> he is in so much shit right now. Like, uh, he's got an HBO miniseries with Jessica Chastain. He's Moon Knight, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He looks familiar, but I can't place where I know him from. Oscar Isaac? Star Wars. He's, Star Wars. he's oh, uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, he's Poe. Poe, yeah. All right. It's weird seeing a picture of him with a beard like that, because I recognize the eyes and the nose, but I'm like, where do I know that from? If he was playing Shader, I'd probably be able to recognize him a little easier. Also in Narcos, he was in Driver. He was the shitty boyfriend in Driver. Oh, wow. I only saw it once ages ago. Love that movie. It's so good. Yeah, and I never saw Narcos either. I've always heard good things about that. But yeah, so Metagross Solid, they're still working on it. And uh, with Oscar Isaac attached, uh, I'm sure Sony's going to be all on board with it now. Like, oh my God, we have to put this out because then they will print money yeah. yeah he is one of the top stars in hollywood right now yeah i mean those video game adaptations they're always tricky i i still i mean i've said it a hundred times on this podcast before i prefer to see announcements of adaptations to tv series or miniseries you know i mean i was excited i was Initially, I was like, oh, Last of Us uh, adaptation, movie, they were going to have a movie. And I was kind of like, well, that's such a, because video games are such an extended experience where you like, you live with these characters for a while. And be, that's what makes it memorable. You go through all these experiences with them and to cram it into a quick two hours, it just doesn't do it justice. I mean, it's just like book lovers who see their 
their precious babies get movie adaptations and they go oh god fucking they cut out this thing they cut out that thing they cut out everything are, so are you telling me that the mortal Kombat films and the street fighter <laughs> films are and mario super mario brothers are not just the pinnacle of cinema now, i actually really like the mario brothers movie it gets shit on so much but i i adore it those are fucking fantastic and here's the difference here's the difference because metal gear solid is an extended you know narrative experience just like the last of us or anything else like that um you're talking about fighting games <laughs> mortal Kombat doesn't have much of a story to begin with so you got more wiggle room to you know to, to get what you need in there and and get out and have an entertaining experience mario brothers they're that, plumbers they're brothers yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's just an enigma of nature anyway. That's the, there's, you can't really define or describe, you can't explain the lightning in a bottle that is Super Mario Brothers the movie. <laughs> you can't explain John Leguizamo. You, yeah. you just can't. It is both a gift and a curse unto us. <laughs> and it forever shall be. Amen. <laughs> um, but no, no, just like uh, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, again, I trust Jordan Volk Roberts to deliver uh, a wonderful Metal Gear experience for us. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I generally, I get more excited when I hear that a video game-based adaptation is going towards a, a series or some sort of extended experience like that, which I was, you know, glad to hear that they eventually turned uh the last of us project into an hbo show so i'm excited as fuck for that but yeah yeah metal gear movie is actually happening again that's another thing that's been in the works for maybe a decade plus um as far as uh, the game actually i was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about the final fantasy remakes and such uh, that's been a rumor with this whole you know next gen console era that we're in right now a metal gear solid remake um, I don't know. I think it's just rumors and hearsay right now, but they've especially been building as the PS5 has been launched. Uh, David Hayter, original voice actor, says he's down. He's super down to return if they if they come a calling. If I remember right, they didn't bring him back for the last one for Metal Gear Five. I am not sure, but I think I remember hearing that the voice acting was was awkward and off-putting for fans. Yeah, I still haven't uh, still haven't played through that one. That's another one that I picked up on the sales when I finally grabbed Metal Gear Five. Um, but yeah, David Hader on Twitter said, "I honestly don't know if the rumors are true, but if they are, let the studio know you'd like me back as Snake. I'm always down to return to Shadow Moses." <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Oh, we do have to. Uh, I'll get this out of the way because uh, it's a little sad. Have to pay tribute to two fallen. Well, I was going to say heroes, but actually villains of cinema in the last two weeks here. R.I.P. to uh, Mr. David Prowse, who Damn. was our Darth Vader. Yep. Yeah. James Earl Jones, of course, famously like provided the voice. I think there was the one. The main power. There the, was the guy under the suit, then there was the face of Darth Vader, and then there's the voice of Darth Vader, yes. and then there's young Darth Vader. Yeah. But and then there's the other voice of... Uh, of Darth Vader. Okay. 
Well, David Prowse, British actor, um, and he was also like a competitive bodybuilder back in the day. I think he won a few uh, like major competitions and stuff. Um, but yeah, he died, unfortunately, at the age of 85, actually due to COVID-19. Oh, that sucks. Fucking sucks. Um, yeah, uh, the story goes, uh, he was spotted by George Lucas while he was back in the day doing his competitive bodybuilding stuff. Uh, he was in a bit part, actually, in A Clockwork Orange, and George Lucas offered him the choice of playing Chewbacca or Vader, and David Prowse actually picked Vader because, quote, everyone remembers the villain. <laughs> of course, maybe he didn't know at the time that he'd be under a full mask and bodysuit at the time, and, and, and dubbed didn't over. That, yeah, didn't know that he wasn't going to be using his voice. Yeah. But, you know, he he was the man for the entire original trilogy. Um, and uh, shortly after, a few days after he passed, uh, a little uh, Vader statue appeared in his hometown of Bristol in, uh, in memoriam, which is pretty cool. But yeah, fucking, man. To, to get all the way to 85 and then get struck down by fucking COVID. That... By the, the Karen pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Fucking sucks, but rest in peace, Mr. David Prowse. Thank you for the memories. And uh, one more, uh, maybe not as iconically known, but well, I guess that's a, I guess this will be an argument for the geek community, but an actor by the name of Hugh Keys Byrne. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Hugh Keys or Keys Byrne. This man was uh, immortalized by uh, <clears throat> the original Mad Max. He played the villain, the the toe cutter. Oh, I saw that. In the original Mad Max, and then actually returned. He was brought back for Mad Max Fury Road. Director George Miller brought him back to play the Immortan Joe in Mad Max Fury Road. I saw that. That's so sad. Yeah, passed away uh, this past week at the age of seventy-three. Does it say from what? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm not seeing it. No. Maybe they haven't uh, released it. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I I couldn't speak for anything else that he's done, but yeah, an Australian actor who's known for I think mainly for those two Mad Max movies. But uh, I mean, just if if you didn't even know him as anything else, just that last fucking movie, that's that alone, I think, cements him as a you know iconic movie villain movie character immortan joe was was up there with with good villains of the last few years yeah uh charlie's theron uh went on twitter on thursday morning and gave him a little tribute said it's it was amazing that you were able to play an evil warlord so well because you were such a kind beautiful soul you will be deeply missed my friend yeah two iconic movie villains so pour one out for them this fucking year of COVID. <laughs> Damn it. Yep. Uh, let's see. In, uh, in more movie news. Now this is... Oh, this could be another, uh, another one you can categorize under a gift and a curse. In the works, Disney, after fumbling the last time to give us more delicious, delicious Tron, they are now working on a new... Developing a new Tron trilogy of movies that's the good part maybe and the bad part is 
headlined by Jared Leto. Oh, I see. We need David here to do the Joker laugh. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> There a question mark on that one? Uh, it's like a it's like a last minute like I'm gonna kill you and uh did I leave my keys in the car? Uh I don't know. I mean we're gonna see him again as the juggalo joker in the the I think he's been dubbed the juggalo, the juggalo joker. joker. He's gonna be back in Zack Snyder's uh, extended Justice League, the Snyder cut on HBO Max. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh I don't know. It's I'm just I in, in like in indie dramas and things like that like what was that one with him and matthew mcconaughey um about the dallas buyers club dallas buyers club yeah he was amazing in that i think he's just one of those faces that for some reason when it comes to the suicide squad stuff and and more like big nerdy franchising i don't know it's just something inside me kind of cringes like it's just like oh that he's the douche he's the douchebag daniel day lewis that's that's who he is. <laughs> like Day he, Lewis. Yes, he's the character actor that takes it way too fucking far. Yeah, that was the stuff too that bought the whole bullshit about him, like doing the method thing and sending rats to his uh, castmates on Suicide Squad, and I think it was Viola Davis who like like mouthed off to the press about him like how he could go fuck himself because she's like no 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 don't deal with this fucking bullshit uh yeah but it's all right if you're if you're a close cast and you want to play pull pranks on each other because you're friends and and that's one thing but if you're just trying to be an asshole because you're trying to get into character that's completely yeah dude you you get paid to play pretend for a living like calm the fuck down exactly but yeah, we'll see. See how that goes. I mean, I, I I don't even know if they're going to attempt to connect it to what happened before. It's I'm bummed that they're uh, you know they just left the storyline hanging with Tron Legacy. I mean, uh, oh, and and uh, Olivia Wilde uh, became a, a a real boy, well, a real <laughs> girl, and uh, I, and uh, uh, Cillian Murphy was the uh, was like the big corporate big bad and like they kind of built him up to be the next uh uh what was it uh derringer or whoever who was the the big bad in the original mm-hmm. i think that was the name but anyway and then it just felt like recently threads that were like oh we're gonna we're gonna build on this we're gonna have a trilogy or at least uh at least a part three to this and just flounder. fizzled and died fizzled and, and then died. recently too uh i don't know if you saw this but there was a a brief like youtube video like a three or four minute footage of somebody that taken uh, the new deep fake te- uh, technology that they've been using to put other movie movie stars into films uh-huh. that they were never in, just like put Arnold Schwarzenegger in Die Hard or whatever. You use deep fake technology. Oh God! But it, it's 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 really convincing and it looks a lot better. What they did is they they took the deep fake and redid the uh, some of the the scenes where they're de aging um jeff bridges jeff bridges mm-hmm. and they instead of the de-aging that disney did they took the deep fake and did that and it looks so much fucking better it looks almost photorealistic 
That's crazy. Yeah. It, I, I, it's just the technology is so much better now than it even was a couple of years back. Yeah. So like they could have, they could still continue that story and use this technology instead of their shitty de-aging that they did then. Yeah. That's crazy how much things just keep improving. Like if you, I mean, if you do an a, a entire Marvel rewatch now and you watch Iron Man from 2008. And I remember we, when I remember sitting uh, with my buddy Seth and we were watching the first like teaser trailer for that and just seeing him like the first like flyby shots for Iron Man and going like, holy fucking shit. Like, oh my God. Like kind of like, like audiences in uh, what was it? 70, was it 77, 78 Superman? Like where the, the actual tagline for the teasers of Superman was like, you will believe a man can fly. And like it blew people's minds. And 2008 Iron Man was a form of that for us. Like, holy fucking shit, look at that. Like, look at that. That's fucking Iron Man flying. And now you look at 2008 Iron Man, it doesn't look bad, but just like there's subtle improvements of the technology from then to Infinity War, where now like he's fucking in a CG suit the entire time and it looks seamless and it looks real and it's it's all there in 2008 it's like okay that looks a little too polished like the lighting effects aren't quite there so it looks like it popped out of a computer it still looks all right but you know it doesn't look like crap but it definitely improved since then just short 10 years to 12 years now todd i want your cats <laughs> i have a list of like four people that have already said they're gonna steal my cats if they come over <laughs> there he goes she. Oh, she. That one's a girl. Come on, Tony. Right. Keep up with this. Ahsoka. <laughs> wait, are they both? No, it's a boy and a girl, right? Yes. It's Ahsoka yeah. and Revan. Yes. Okay. I'm glad I named uh, the other one Revan because at the time I thought they were both girls. And Revan is, is gender neutral. Yeah, Revan works. That's cool. It's almost like Raven or something. Revan. Revan is from Darth Revan. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, just making sure. Ah, ah, come on. Well, uh, speaking of that, should we uh, should we get into it? We've got uh, two weeks of the Mando. Uh, yes. two, First, two let's. There's a fucking exciting weeks. There is a small bit of news, Star Wars related. Okay. Kenobi is filming. Kenobi is filming. Oh, in Boston. Was... Boston. Boston. Not that Boston. Boston, <laughs> England. Thankfully. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> so England had a Boston. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't hear about that one. I heard the uh, the Cassian Andor series just started filming as well. Yeah, there's a whole expanded universe of Star Wars coming up now. Finally, so much shit. Well, uh, so I saw an article earlier and I kind of sighed, but I know I will have to watch it if it does happen. Now they're working on developing a Mando prequel. No. What? Yeah. I, I don't know how much of it is just rumor or hearsay, but supposedly there was a casting notice that went out for something involving a potential. Um, so are we maybe. talking about like uh, Jin, Jar Jin Jaren's earlier life, or are we talking about maybe the, the dark time that baby Yoda forgot? I don't know. I, I would have to... Well, his name's not Baby Yoda anymore, Todd. Come on. <laughs> no, his name is Baby Yoda. Fuck that shit. 
<laughs> we hadn't gotten to that yet, Meg. Jeez. Well, that's we, why I didn't say his name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, let's just get into it because uh, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack there. First mm-hmm. off, first off, last week we had our wonderf- wonderful debut of Ahsoka. So we, we were wondering if maybe we're going to see her like at the end, if it's just going to be a little cameo or are they going to actually work with her? Mm-hmm. And then she is front and center in the first fucking scene. Oh yeah. It's Ahsoka, Ahsoka's episode. Um, I'm sure we'll see her again before, before the finale or maybe on the finale. I'm sure we'll see her again in season two. Well, yeah, uh, There's only but... two more episodes. So, Oh really? No shit. Yeah. Damn. Uh, well, even even after that one episode, there's uh, talk of them giving her her own series. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch it, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty great. I, I wondered, and I had an extended conversation with uh, my sister the other day talking about it, because I wonder, I'm really curious about the the perspective of someone who hasn't watched all the shows and is not very familiar with the characters but i know meg of course come on Tony, um, you're sitting right next to one i know um, in fact i'm asking you all these questions as we're watching <laughs> well, yeah yeah i'm just wondering about, like the the casual viewer who maybe doesn't have a star wars nerd in their life who just watches this like a you know passive star Wars, like okay they've seen the main movies sure because part of me even thinks like oh sometimes maybe it isn't maybe it's a little better to not have any expectations leading up to this maybe it's uh just as an exciting star wars experience if it's just like oh this mysterious jedi who you know probably has some backstory that you're not familiar with but it's just like oh this exciting new character and mysterious and who is this as opposed to the fanboy like like on the edge of their seat and oh motherfuckers they better get it right or else blah 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 and i can't wait to tweet about this bullshit and blah 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 you know i think it might have been even a more enjoyable experience if you aren't you know, all worked up about it with all these expectations built in. But that said, having watched everything, I think I thought it was wonderful. Um, I saw people were wondering immediately, hey, what's up with her, uh, with her short ass head tails? The, the like costume and everything looks great. But uh, I guess apparently production ended up making the choice to short. I don't know if there's a proper term for her species, like the, the tails that come off of her head but uh, very much shortened to like almost shoulder length. She had a shoulder bob um, as opposed to the full length ones, just because of the practicality of it. Like if you have an actress running around doing all these stunts and hacking and slashing up the place, like you can't have these long ass things slapping yourself in the face (laughs) along with everybody else. Like it just, it wouldn't work. They probably have to CGI it because of the practicality and then that would just be too much. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, the, the, everybody's wondering why she doesn't look like she did at the end of Rebels. So at the end of Rebels, she has the 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 the, the longer tails or whatever they're called, and the the whole white suit and everything. And Filoni basically came out and said, "Well, we don't know exactly when that uh, post Rebels scene takes place. It might take place after uh, this version of Ahsoka." Yeah, definitely some time has passed. Uh, like it's they don't give an exact time frame, but like at least maybe uh, some years, uh, a year, or at least uh, maybe a couple years have passed since uh, Ezra disappears and Sabine gives kind of like a little monologue, epilogue, and 
then meets up with Ahsoka and they go off to go in search for him. So, so yeah, the timeline there is a little fuzzy. Um, anyway, a uh, great episode. We, uh, you know, got to see Rosario Dawson in full action. I loved the, uh, the introduction to her and really showed how she was kind of a rebel among the Jedi to begin with. Like, it's not very, uh, like the, the more monkish Jedi way where she just goes in, just, just laying into motherfuckers <laughs> and uh, just uh, laying siege to that magistrate's front door and uh, gives her the ultimatum, like, hey, you got a day. <laughs> of, all the, of all the classic Jedis, she was more, more so a soldier than anybody else. Like, she, when she started with Anakin as Anakin's Padawan she, in the middle of the Clone Wars, she was only like 12 or 11, and she was already a Jedi general. Yeah. So, yeah. like, and then eventually ends up first leaving the order, and so she's not technically not a Jedi anyway. Yeah. So she's all, she's only known combat her entire life up until about the end of Rebels. Yeah, she's there to get shit done. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, we you know get more lore. We uh, get her communicating with. Not Baby Yoda, but uh, Grogu. Grogu. To immediately, <laughs> immediately, Meg and I were like, oh, so the writers of The Mandalorian, I guess, aren't uh, American Dad fans, <laughs> or else they would have realized that they, uh, they named their, uh, their adorable little main character after, uh, all, very similarly to Rogu from American Dad, which is like a demented barely functional alien character made for kicks <laughs> uh I, I don't know we can't we couldn't get out of our heads like immediately like rogu <laughs> uh, to which then i sent you a photo <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. but yeah what whatever anyway i mean it's, it's a name no matter what they picked it was never gonna be baby yoda so but that's it, all the fans are ever going to call him is either the kid or baby Yoda or the child yeah. or baby Yoda. Yeah. And that was a good moment. Uh, I mean, kind of skipping ahead in, in this week's episode where it starts off with um, him and uh, Mando flying away and, and he's just testing out the new name on him. Like it's like Mando trying to get used to it himself and also getting a kick out of it because the kid actually does respond to it. It's like, Oh, like the kid, like, you know, most of the time, you know, gives him, gives him shit or doesn't really, uh, you know, just kind of half pays attention to his orders, but Grogu, like instantly he pick perks right up. So, so yeah, it was kind of cute the way they worked that in, but I really enjoyed Ahsoka's conversation with him. The, uh, at first it feels kind of like, uh, we, we spent all this time getting to this side quest and she just bumps us off to another like no i can't train him no fuck this kid get get out of here get lost like no <laughs> but maybe you can find some other jedi if you go do this thing or whatever at first it feels kind of like oh man that's kind of let down uh, but if you're familiar with the lore it does it, it is very understandable her her reasoning being like oh wow i sense a lot of you know fear anger in this kid can't be trained period end of story like i have seen what happens when you train yes. someone with that emotional baggage and if you're familiar with the story like yeah she got front row and center to anakin becoming vader so mm -hmm. 
that's a big fucking deal when she says those words. <laughs> yeah, that was a big, big moment in Star Wars right there. Just her acknowledging that and like that being what, 20, 30 years on and that still kind of haunts her. Yeah. Beyond that, the whole second half of the episode, them taking the town back from the evil magistrate and her second banana Michael fucking Bean, <laughs> which I I love the level of nerdery happening behind the scenes on the Mandalorian production because we got first off I mean sci-fi franchise icon Michael Bean, Terminator Michael Bean, motherfucking aliens Michael Bean, and on top of that, what do they give him to play with? A laser shotgun. So. <laughs> Terminator stars Michael fucking Bean kicking ass with a little pump action shotgun. Aliens stars Michael fucking Bean kicking ass with a little pump action shotgun for Close Encounters. So what do they decide to give him? They could have given him any sort of standard laser gun or laser rifle. No, they modeled it after a pump action shotgun. Look at that episode. It's Michael fucking Bean with a laser shotgun. That's the level of nerdery. I, I love that. Hey, Tony, Tony. Who is this character? Like, who is this guy's name again? Michael fucking B. And what is, what kind of gun is he spouting off? A motherfucking shotgun. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I totally didn't get any of that in okay. the last five minutes. Okay. Thank you for clearing just, it just up. Wanted, just want to make it clear. I just love that <laughs> it's the nerds that have grown up and now have the keys to the kingdom. It's just great that they throw in these little things that if you're the same level of uber nerd you catch them and it's like oh oh that's is that crazy coincidence and then the articles come out later oh no that was very intentional <laughs> tony i lost it again what's his name <laughs> john reese davies <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i would have loved to see that version <laughs> that would have been great too oh <laughs> shit uh, and on top of that, I know you'll appreciate this, Todd, um, the HK-47 assassin droids that they slipped in there. Well, they're, they're HK-87s now, so they're oh, the 87th version. Yeah, another piece of lore that they uh, pulled out of the Knights of the Old Republic games. I, I wanted to hear Meatbag from the droids once, but they didn't speak an audible language or uh, an understandable language. Yeah, and just the 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 feel the vibe of the whole episode i loved especially that second half it felt it was it was very much uh, uh, another homage it was a half samurai half uh, old western film yeah. oh, it's like really everything everything with ahsoka and the the magistrate magistrate was all samurai flick and like the the images were lifted almost directly out of uh, Akira Kurosawa's films. Yeah. And the old Western feel and vibe with that duel with the Mando and uh, the magistrates. What was his name? I don't even remember. Michael fucking Bean. Michael fucking Bean. <laughs> I don't remember Bean. the character's name, but it was Michael fucking Bean. Well, the whole time I was watching that and I was like, dude, this is like watching Kill Bill right now. Yeah. Yeah. Felt very Tarantino yeah. for me. Yeah, that was uh, clearly very deliberate. That uh, I mean, it was a mirror image. The on one side of the gate, you had the samurai movie playing out, and on the other side, you had like you know the shootout at high noon, <laughs> the western mm -hmm. playing out between them. It was pretty great. 
my Slack chat group that I've been a part of for the last three years or so with my author buddies, my writing buddies across the country. We just, it's a perpetual group chat and there's different chat channels that we have. Once The Mandalorian started uh, the first season, we created a new chat channel in Slack called A Fistful of Beskar. <laughs> and this, this episode is probably the, the best display of the spirit of that, just the, how the Mandalorian, from the get-go, it started with that. We named it that because it had that, West, that old Western vibe. And this is a huge return to that. It just it hit all the right buttons. Why? Why did you not create an after-show podcast named A Fistful of Beskar? <laughs> you, you should have done that immediately and, and recorded the moment the episode premieres. I guess so. Oh, well. That's, well, this is our version of it, our half-assed version of it, doing recording every two weeks and doing the recap. <laughs> but, but beyond that, you know, we leave Ahsoka there on the planet. You know, they, they get their new little uh, quest marker and go off to look for the, the ancient beacon to call, uh, hopefully put the word out to any other surviving Jedi out there. Like, hey, this kid needs so some help. That planet also is another callback to the Old Republic. That, that planet, uh, to the Knights of the Old Republic, that planet is the, the planet that Je the, the Jedi class starts out as in the MMO version of Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, we were so wondering long, about that. If it was long a, since abandoned and destroyed and all that good stuff, but yeah, it's a it's it's a his, historical Jedi planet. Yeah, one of the many relics or temples like lost out there. Yeah, I really enjoyed, and I guess we're jumping into this this week's episode now. Yesterday's episode, I really enjoyed the vibe of this one. I mean, there's plenty of. Well, there's a whole lot to enjoy in this episode. Uh, plenty of in such the... a short time too. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Uh, was, the episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Awesome, uh, and he really, I think, had a nice blend of, you know, half the exciting, pew pew bang bang explodey Star Wars that you know just gives us a thrill, and then the other half of it, you know, the whole you know Grogu. Uh, communicating with the, you know, the, I don't know what you call it, the altar or whatever, the ancient Jedi beacon thing kind of gave the vibe. It reminded me of um, those episodes in Star Wars Rebels where they really got into them back to the mysticism of the force and the Jedi and everything. I always really enjoyed those where, I mean, even if they don't give you all the answers you want, it, it's just nice to, I don't know, there's something about, it brings it back to Star Wars being a fantasy story. And, you know, there's this like ancient mystical shit out there that exists and you're never going to get all the answers, but it's there. And it just, I don't know, it's a good vibe. I really enjoy it. As opposed to, you know, the answers just being midichlorians. <laughs> Even though they've now they've kind of worked that in along with the lore. I do appreciate when they get- count. The, Yeah, the M count. Yeah. I, it was, it was a nice, it was a good meaning of sci-fi meets fantasy. I, it was a- I liked it. It's a good blend. Um, but yeah, we got finally the full-blown return of Boba Fett demanding his fucking armor. Uh, oh. Which, by the way, we love him, but you gotta admit, 
that armor it's, don't fit like it used to. It's it's dad bod Boba Fat. <laughs> it's dickish to say, but I mean, it was very clearly, it did not fit on him quite like a glove like it did on Tim Oliphant. Um, um, no, it was the uh, cleaners must have shrunk it. I don't know. That's the best, the breastplate stretcher. <laughs> uh but hey say what you will boba fett came back like he had to prove something and mm -hmm. fuck did he prove something he destroyed face yeah <laughs> even before he got even before he got his armor back he was kicking ass with a gaffy stick for fuck's sake yeah that was rad that shot of him just uh i mean just turning the stormtrooper helmet to just just shattered it essentially mm -hmm. just like holy shit oh that was a good time alongside with his new best buddy uh agent melinda may <laughs> uh, back from near dead apparently uh which and uh, I, cy cyborgized yeah i was curious about that they showed like I, it's been a while since I watched season one. I remember she was like gut shot or something, right? Yeah. She definitely had like a very mortal wound. Uh, and it looked like they ripped out like her entire guts. Like it, it almost looked like uh, Darth Maul, like almost like she was just severed in half. Um, kind of, it, it did, yeah. yeah. So I, it's, it's the Star Wars universe. I mean, as long as you survive, you can get cyborg parts to be put in anywhere. Yeah. I have a nerd question mm -hmm. that I assume the Star Wars nerds can help me answer. Oh, don't! Uh, I got it. It was it was Michael fucking Bean <laughs> with a shotgun. <laughs> okay, so the stormtroopers are technically clones of Jango Fett. No, not but... stormtroopers. Only the old clone troopers during the Clone Wars. Okay, stormtroopers then my question are not. is now answered. Because <laughs> so I was gonna say if they were the clones. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be weird for for Boba Fett to be like killing his clone brothers, basically? Yeah, but they're not they're but, clones, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, they're not clones. Well, I mean, some of them may be, and the Empire has used clones at times, but for the most part, most stormtroopers are not clones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I always think of it like uh you know the original trilogy you know especially in New Hope when they're wandering around the Death Star and everything. It's just a bunch of stuffy British guys in there. That's that's how I always think of the classic Stormtroopers. But yeah. Yeah, so we got Boba Fett kicking ass and taking names. Um, now I'm just keep calling him Merlinda May because I forget her actual real name. <laughs> Fennec. Fennec. Fennec Shand. Yeah, the other assassin who... Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I saw a post earlier from somebody online who just said, you know... The Mandalorian is really a story about a guy who just can't stop making best friends. <laughs> everywhere he goes, like it doesn't matter, like honor among thieves, whatever. Like he's, you know, people are you know, ready to kill him one minute or sell him out for for gold, and next thing you know, some shit goes down. They survive a firefight. Ten minutes later, did we just become best friends? Yes. <laughs> Wearing allegiance to him and like, okay, we'll find your baby. You know, it's all good. But yeah, it was the adventures of a single dad. <laughs> Space dad. <laughs> Space dad the series. Yeah. Uh but it was pretty rad. We got we got our answer. Those were indeed uh dark troopers. Uh now you said the robot or the droid version. So there's, so there's different versions of the lore in some they were like 
mutants or clones or something, and another yeah. one were straight up droids. Yeah, so there, there's two different versions of, well, I mean, if you're talking about the droids, there's like four different versions of the droid dark troopers, but there's also multiple versions of dark troopers that are similar in looking, but they're modified. This is definitely like heavy, heavy nerd, like expanded <laughs> universe, uh, like early 90s books is, and comics. This is like our version of like talking shop, like, uh, you know, the 67 Impala had the, you know, the, the rims over here. And what is, yeah. yeah, pretty much. But so, yeah, there there are droid dark troopers, which are just like insane kill machines, mm -hmm. like HK-47 to the max. And then there are dark troopers, which are modified, uh, genetically modified and tested on the, so that they can use force powers. They're not true force adepts. They're just, they have certain powers because of the testing and, and things they've been put through. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we didn't see much action on them yet. Just them doing their Iron Man thing and grabbing the kid and flying back off. Now, so this episode was titled The Tragedy. And as soon as I saw that title, I was like, okay, you know, bad shit is coming. Now, am I the only one or is it a common feeling that by the end of this episode, I mean, the tragedy is obviously meant to be like, oh no, we got fucked and the kid is kidnapped. But to me, I was more sad about the fucking ship. <laughs> The Razor Crest. The Razor Crest. Yes. That is his serenity, man. And that has been ripped apart and rebuilt a thousand times over. Just barely got rebuilt. Just got a fresh coat of paint. And boom, it's a fucking crater. Nothing left. I mean, except for his shiny spear. But that, I mean. And, I, we, and, and the stick shift ball. We can't remember this. Yeah, yeah got to have the, the little emotional connection there. But. Yeah. His I mean, Winnebago okay. got destroyed. His Winnebago, yeah, the space Winnebago. We know that. I mean, this we watch too much TV. We we are familiar with this. Okay, you're gonna have the major conflict and the and the uh, the the downfall of the hero before they rise up again and save the day or save the kid. Blah 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 blah. We know, like we're we're sucked into the drama, but deep down we know little Grogu is going to be just fine. So it's not really a tragedy to us. The tragedy is the fucking ship. You can't rebuild from there. <laughs> that thing but, is I mean, gone. I mean, poor Grogu, sure, yeah, but he's going to be fine in the long run. We know this. They're are you get... sure about that, though? Yeah, they're going to like, they're gonna spring him out. They're going to, I mean, they already, they're already halfway there. He's halfway to his dirty dozen. He's got Boba Fett. He's got Melinda May, Fennec, whatever. They're going to spring Bill Burr from Space Boston Jail. They, they've got uh, Gina Carano, um, uh, Cara Dune, Marshall Cara Dune for the New Republic. They're, they're going to call all the guns in and get the kid back. We know that's going to happen. That's everything's going to be will fine. will the kid be damaged goods at that point? Like, a lot can happen. Damn, he's, he's, alre he's already <laughs> damaged goods. <laughs> well, I mean, they were already running experiments on him, like, so quickly when they had them the first time. Yeah, so now I think they're on like a giant fucking like to start uh, destroyer, whatever they're called. Um, so so much can happen in such a small amount of time. Yeah, he'll put up enough of a fight. He's like he's like. But he's got little itty bitty handcuffs now. 
Those were the most <laughs> adorable, the tiniest little handcuffs. Meg, <laughs> get over those tiny little handcuffs. Oh, God. You want to put those on the rabbits, don't you? No. <laughs> little mini handcuffs. Oh, God. But I mean, he's, it's like uh, Leia on the Death Star. Like, she's not going to take that lying down. Like, she's going to put up as much of a fight as possible. You know, no matter what, she's going to be. She still got tortured. Okay. Yeah. All right. Come on. Was she damaged goods after that, Meg? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think I get her point, though. It's already hard enough for him to use his force powers as it is now. Like, every time he uses his force powers, he is so drained that he practically passes out. Yeah. So This is going to be his trial by fire. You know, he didn't get the proper training yet, but he's just going to have to wing it to survive. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, we'll but see. then does he really survive because we we get the entire sequel trilogy and there's no other jedis alive at that point that we know of well i mean we've already seen that uh ahsoka was behind the scenes throughout all of the original trilogy ezra bridger you know all these there's it's still uh, out there somewhere fucking chock full of jedi they just they they are bad communicators is what they are <laughs> they just they don't call they don't write home they they don't you know they haven't figured out Twitter. I don't know. The Jedi space Twitter. Yeah, Jedi's need to work on their space Twitter network. They, yeah. <laughs> he he got an upgrade though. He's flying around in Slave One now with Boba Fett. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I don't know. I don't, is that an upgrade? I mean, that ship's pretty old. I mean, I so say, was the Razor Crest. I maybe older. Remember, the Razor Crest was pre-Imperial vintage. Pre-Imperial means like pre-Rebels even. Everything in Star Wars is like a thousand years old. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just all it is. Two more episodes, though. Only two more episodes. Oh, that's, that's upsetting. Only two. But makes me wonder if they're just going to go straight back to Mandalore. Because you, you know that Katie Sackhoff, uh, fuck it, what's her name? Bo-Katan. Yeah, uh, Bo-Katan, yeah. Bo-Katan. You know that she is tracking and trying to get a hold of Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Now Moff Gideon has a child. Mm -hmm. He's got the dark saber. He's got Mandalorian armor on. At the least dark I think saber was pretty rad. Yeah, dark saber is amazing. I love yeah. the dark saber. I think his armor is Beskar armor. So I mean, they're gonna want to get that back. So uh, I think they're. I think we're gonna see Mandalore. I think we're gonna see actual Mandalore. Yeah, maybe. There's no way. I don't know if they can wrap all this up in two more episodes. Now they've they've created too Way many, many storylines. Yeah, too many storylines. You got. I mean, in, unless they just, I I don't know. I think it would be sloppy to just just rush it and throw everybody in the room together. And be like, oh, Amando needs help. Okay, well, Ahsoka comes out of hiding and and Bo-Katan comes back with her posse. Like and you know, like the it, last the again, last episode's I mean, just going to be an entire movie. <laughs> Infinity War. There you go, <laughs> Mando Infinity War. I mean, that would be great. <laughs> if they only have two episodes to go, then I think that would be a bit rushed to just all of a sudden rapidly bring everybody back into one place. The next episode is going to be them tracking him down, and then the final episode is going to be the big battle where they go to rescue him. That's, yeah. 
Maybe maybe Gideon is revealed that he's working for Thrawn or, or whatever, and then that sets up Thrawn as the big bad. We didn't even mention that, damn it. I completely forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, see, this is way too many threads. Way too many threads they've laid down that they're not going to tie up in two fucking episodes. Thrawn. Ahsoka at the final bit of the duel with the 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 magistrate, Ahsoka asks her, where's your master? Where's Thrawn? Where's Thrawn? Exactly. Now, Thrawn, uh, as I explained to Meg, was the big bad. I mean, he's been in the lore for in the, uh, whatever they call the, the legacy Star Wars yeah. expanding universe forever and ever. In the new canon, which they have slowly been bridging elements of the old lore into weaving it into the new stuff. He was the big bad throughout Star Wars Rebels, you know, chasing after the ghost crew and Ahsoka. He's also had uh, two series of novels come out for him in the last uh, five or six years. That's the only reason why I know the name Thrawn is because I remember you asking me to buy you the Thrawn books at Barnes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Now, at the end of Rebels, if I remember right, he... He was the reason uh, Ezra sacrificed himself, right? He's stuck yes. on the ship with Ezra and they jump to, he forces the jump to hyperspace and it's this, some unknown region, essentially. The Just, space whales take them off into the unknown regions. Yeah. So clearly he survived. Yeah. And is going to be the, uh, again, be the mastermind pulling the strings, might even be the big boss of... Moff Gideon, perhaps. So, and and it ties into sort of the the new the sequel trilogy's first order as well, because the first order, when the Empire is defeated, and after the uh, the end of the Empire, basically after Return of the Jedi, they retreat and to the unknown regions where uh, Palpatine uh, has set up fail safes and set up production in the unknown regions where he has sent out orders basically if you've played the video games and read any of the like comic books or anything that happens post empire then uh you know that he sends what's left of the empire into the unknown regions to regroup and become the first order okay all right and then and not only and thrawn is from the unknown regions his uh his race is Chiss, and the Chiss Ascendancy is a uh, a faction, basically. That's a pretty strong faction in the Unknown Regions. They have uh, they're they're it, they're a warrior race, so they're strong on their own. So it's the 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 character of Thrawn has always been: Am I a loyal Chiss, or am I a loyal Empire servant, or am I both? What's what's the 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 give and take on that so yeah i think he'll be a good villain to, to play out in live action he's throughout rebels he was very much the yes. the genius strategist like every time the rebels thought they had the upper hand or were being mm -hmm. sneaky like he was 12 steps ahead of them it's like yeah i know you're gonna do that and therefore i'm like always several moves ahead always thinking the long game and just merciless in in taking every every single one of them out um fan cast oh god who could you see oh well realistically there's, there's not much i mean he's already been in star wars but mads mickelson would be a great cast 
Yeah, I was thinking I was going there too. I was like, well, he, yeah, they've already used him, but yeah, he would be great. He's got that very. He's got that slow and like intentional way of speaking. Yeah, very Hannibal Lecter ish villainous persona, the precision in yeah. his manner and speaking and tone and everything. Like he sets. It just sucks all the air out of the room. And it's like, you're going to focus on every little thing I'm going to say because maybe I'm about to stab you in the face. You don't know. <laughs> here's, here's a crazy, wacky idea. And again, I don't know anything about Thrawn. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Eh, eh. No. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't fit the original uh, you know, look, but nah. if you wanted here's. to go that direction... I bet he could play an amazing villain. You you could do if you did him CGI or somebody in a bodysuit and then him as the voice, yes. Mm. But Thrawn the character is a very like tall, slender, sharp faced look. Mm-hmm. And that is the exa- exact opposite. And Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Oh, that'd be Doug Jones that would, would actually be a good choice. Yeah. He's already playing. He's already playing a, a character that's sort of like tall in the prosthetics and and very enunciated in the way he speaks on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Well, that's. You know? I mean, if you need that uh, uh, tall, slender creature effect, you, you call up Doug, Doug Jones. That's what you do. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know how he would portray that kind of seriousness that you guys are talking about with the Thrawn character, but like imposing, you know, his, like you said, air out of the room. But I think he would be up for that kind of, I think he would do a good job if given the opportunity. His character on Discovery is pretty serious, though he doesn't suck the air out of the room in, (laughs) in imposing factor. It's hard for me. I mean, I, Doug Jones is an actor. I'm sure he could pull it off, but I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen him play a straight uh, villain that wasn't some sort of creature of some sort or something. Like just playing, like just him, just his face and being like a, a straight up villain. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Like he usually plays, I mean, if it's some sort of creature, like he's done like the, what were they called? The silent dudes on Buffy back in the day. He did that. I mean, he was the, Oh, the, gentleman? the the gentleman yeah in pan's labyrinth he was i think he was both the fawn and the uh, uh the yeah the hand dude the the dude that ate children and had the hand I've, I've got it huh the doctor that played the villain in uh jessica jones what's his name the doctor played the... he played he played doctor who oh oh um david tennant david tennant there we go as thrawn his face is too like i don't see his face being that kind of character i don't know if he is but he's got he's got the personality yeah i have seen him play good villains yeah i mean jessica jones that he was perfect as the villain in that well yeah but with that he was more he was like more kind of emotional like uh i don't know how to describe it that character he was kind of like a snotty villain like trying to get what he wants and blah 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 blah, and kind of a bit more of a nihilist whereas Thrawn just seems so like that militant calculated like again the ever-present strategist I don't know Uh, uh, 
Oh man, I'm gonna have to chew on that one. I'll have to come back to that next time. That's our homework is is, is figure out our perfect yeah. fan cast. Perfect Thrawn. I don't know, Jared Leto guys. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna end the podcast right now. I'm gonna exit out of this Zoom meeting. I can't believe you said that. Todd's flipping a table. I'm I'm done. Uh, <laughs> don't want it. Don't need it. Over. Can't believe you've even put that into the air, into the the ether. Bring it back around, guys. Uh, okay, so the podcast's getting long in the tooth here, so I can rapid fire a few more bits of news that I had. Speaking of Peter Dinklage, oh, here's something that I can get Peter, behind. Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter because Dinklage. The, the Dinkles is my jam. Legendary is doing a Toxic Avenger reboot. What? Starring motherfucking Peter Dinklage. What? Yeah. I have to see this. I actually only saw that for the first time ever in the last few weeks here. It was one of our uh, our October watches. Or, no, November, actually. That's one of those, it's kind of, I accomplished a bit of like a childhood task. Because I vividly <laughs> remember as a kid, like one of the first video rental stores that uh, me and my mom used to go to when I was a little kid. Uh, it was a little mom and pop one, like right around the corner from our house. And they always had like a Sega there with some random game on. I would play that a little bit. And then the the box art that I would walk by, they always had a copy of the first Toxic Avenger. And that's just one of those bits of box art. Like we were talking with Melly last time. Like I will forever remember. It's just burned into my brain. I always thought I have to see that someday. I'm fascinated by that cover. I want to know what that is. And I finally, just in the last few weeks here, watched the Toxic Avenger. Uh, it's it's a movie. <laughs> it's an 80s B C list horror movie. Honestly, it's it's dumb fun. It's yeah. I mean I wouldn't watch it every day, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's it's good. Yeah, and with Legendary behind this, Peter Dinklage behind it, I am so on board. Mm -hmm. In our TV world, holy shit, we don't have to worry about missing Mando so much. I mean, we'll miss it anyway, but there is still a plethora of TV to watch. If you're a fan of Big Mouth on Netflix, season four just came back on, on uh, yesterday, actually. I think premiered on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, we're already like halfway through it. Yeah, we're already halfway through it. We watched like half the I season last night. I haven't started it. How is it? It's good. It's great. They're they're back and the the magic is still there. It's almost and just even getting better. Like, yeah. How is that possible? Oh, just <laughs> just wait. Um, but it's just crazy how they've just completely just gone balls to the wall mm -hmm. with this show. Like right. they give zero fucks about what they're actually doing and showing you. Yeah great just uh, just every dirty thing you can imagine and it's just it plays out so great i love the uh voice cast that continues to be added onto this series uh, maria bamford is now you know they have the different you know they get the hormone monster and monstress he had the previous season um who was it the shame shame demon shame demon yeah and i don't remember the, the shame wizard i think it was shame the, wasn't that the guy that played lupin yeah professor lupin yeah. Uh, Louis Fells or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah, and like the depression cat. Yeah. The depression cat. And now we have an anxiety mosquito <laughs> played by Maria Bamford. And she's fucking fantastic. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll probably finish that up 
hell, we might finish it up tonight for all we know. <laughs> um, we got that. I finally went back and finished the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Nice. Which was wonderful. That's why Melinda May keeps popping into your head. Yeah, that's why it is, yeah. Uh, I loved it. It's fantastic. Binged that this uh, past week. Caught up with all of the, the Walking Dead World Beyond. Had their uh, first little season finale. They, they've only done like a little half first season. Um, it's it's fine. Like the I'm, last thing I heard about it was it premiering and now it's already got a season finale? Yeah. I don't know if it's like a winter break. I, they, I thought they said it was a straight up season finale. So, was that uh, just like six episodes or something like I that? I think so. Which, I mean, The Walking Dead, the main show, had a half season like that from the start. Season one was like six episodes. Okay. But it's it's fine. I'm only going to really continue watching it because I'm invested in that whole universe and I know they're going to tie things together eventually. So I know that eventually it'll become good. <laughs> well, I know it leads into the Rick Grimes series that'll be coming up. The continued adventures of Rick Grimes fear of the walking dead got a season seven order. So they're still going full steam ahead with that. Yeah. I can't believe even that's been seven seasons already. And a lot of shows are going back into production too. Um, Orville is confirmed back in production. Orville's back in production. Oh, that's what I was going to mention. The uh, the Flash is back in production for season seven and then had to pause again after they got to positive COVID tests. Jesus. Um, but in the meantime, they actually announced uh, apparently David Ramsey, Diggle, is going to return on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, we kind of expected that. Yeah. Well, the finale left him uh, basically alluding to him becoming a lantern. So we could see him all powered up in the Legends of Tomorrow verse. So that'd be cool. And everybody keeps clamoring for uh, for Daredevil to save Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a, the the news of uh, last week. Is uh, like everybody and their mom retweeting save Daredevil. Yeah. Like you had all of the entire cast retweeting it. You had Rosario Dawson retweeting it and championing it. Kevin Smith, a bunch of other people were retweeting and, and doing that kind of stuff. So I hope, uh, I hope they do. It's got to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. That's all I got for now. That's all I got. Thank you for joining guys for another getting off topic. Go to, go to a triple X drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> take, that, take that nice drive out to texas and get to that uh that drive-in yeah. hey tony i i lost the name again what's the guy from from the star wars episode <laughs> mark paul gosler <laughs> <laughs> with, a Phillips. with a laser brick cell phone <laughs> what would i do without you i don't know stay frosty guys <laughs>